This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Mayo Menso podcast, your favourite pre-Christmas claret and blue show. I'm David Michael, your host. Joining me to uh, mainly discuss the Baggies and Burnley game in a uh, let's say a bit of a swifter than normal show. We ha- we do have a special uh, lined up for you, so uh, watch out for that. Joining me, Mr. Chris Bud. Hello, Mr. Birthday Boy, Chris Bud. Thank you very much. And I haven't said happy birthday yet. You have. You insinuated it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello. So, Chris, was was nil-nil, 27 shots and a clean sheet, top of your birthday it's, list? It's everything I could have ever dreamed of. Well, maybe they were just saving themselves for the Baggies game where Villa won 3-0 at the Hawthorns to deflate Big Sam's return. Right, coming up at the Villa News. Also, uh, the three points where we'll uh, discuss Mr. Robert Lewandowski's win of FIFA Men's Player of the Year. And we'll also look at some of the other winners. Big Sam is back and Aston Villa get the first chance to uh, sample the baggies manager bounce. The latest attempt at crowbarring the five subs rule in we look at what happened there no uh, underrated and overrated uh, this time we'll uh, get that back in your ears uh, in the new year there's uh, more fun and games to come uh, that uh, will keep you occupied in the meantime though with the uh, the special show that's coming your way and we'll end with as mentioned the burnley and west brom match reactions where Villa is it? Is it four games without a win now at Villa Park? I think Liverpool was the last time we won. Last at time Villa we Park. won, yeah. Hmm. I think we uh, shot our load in that game. It seems. All right. Anyway, let's get into the latest Villa news. Well, Jack Grealish continues to impress on the pitch in the month of December. He finally got a court verdict on matters off the pitch after receiving a nine-month 
driving ban and also a fine of over £82,000. This is uh, triggered after pleading to people via a video to support the NHS and not to break lockdown. But also, uh, after an apology, he's also made several other driving offences, which uh, the West Midlands Police did put out on video as well as the uh, initial issue. And there's also been further lockdown uh, tier restriction uh, breakages. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's pretty simple. He's the captain of Aston Villa. He has a duty to set an example to the rest of the team, as well as the young players and supporters who look up to him. This isn't just like a once, oh, he'll learn situation. It's multiple offences, you know, and it, you know, it drags the name of the club into disrepute. And he is the main face uh, at the moment of the club. There was a, a pocket of supporters who, it's, you know, it's one-eyed tribalism. They want to, they want to bury their heads in the sand and uh, not actually look at the social responsibilities. And, you know, he should do better, and so should the people around him as well. I mean, some of the things that have leaked, and the number one rule at the end of the day, when you are a public figure, is what people don't know doesn't hurt them. Meanwhile, Birmingham remains in Tier 3. The club did send out some further information about returning to Villa Park, but that will be academic uh, until, uh, well, I'd say yeah, spring. It's just inf- information on ballots, isn't it, that aren't going to happen for months? Yeah, we're not out of the woods yet by no, a long no shot. Uh, and uh, hopefully it's not going to get worse before it gets better, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, you've got Christmas coming up. And, uh, and then January could be pretty grim. We've got that to look forward to. The main other news uh, Villa-related was uh, Gerard Houllier, who managed uh, Aston Villa for a season, who unfortunately had a heart attack while he was manager of Villa. And Yeah, he missed the end of the season. Yeah, he had about two-thirds of the season, and then he had to leave, didn't he? Because he had a he heart had one at issue. Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah, he had one at Liverpool, one at Villa. There was a round of applause before the, uh, the Burnley game. And uh, by all accounts, I mean, you know, Julio was a he was a you know proper footballing man and loved the game and a, and a good chap to boot. I mean, his, his time at Villa that it was always going to be a bit of a teething season that one, and he hadn't really won. Let's say uh, let's I'd even say half the fans uh, over while, while he was there. I mean, it's a bit of a shaky start, but I was this Liverpool team was dogmatic. And they won cups, but he was never known as like uh, a thrilling attacking football. But that was what he was being marketed at when he was the the Villa boss. So it was a bit of a jump from what we'd known him at uh, Liverpool for. But uh, it was more about uh, changing the regime and almost making us uh, more of a modern setup. And obviously that was cut short. And I think a lot of players were resisting, uh, resisted him. I mean, he wasn't flavour of the month with a with a few players, probably the English players who didn't like the uh, intensive uh, training regimes that were coming in in an attempt to get us uh, fitter. But uh, I still, I mean, if if that two two against Manchester United at Villa Park when Hogg and Bannon were playing central midfield because we had all these injuries, if that was the template of what was going to happen, then I think we kind of missed out on. Uh, a different timeline for Villa's history over the uh, over the last decade. Yeah, you'd you'd like to think the the decline wouldn't have been quite so bad. Yeah, well, it couldn't get any worse, could it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It, you're you're right. It remains one of the great what ifs in Villa, and there's been plenty of them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the women's game, uh, Aston Villa women are breaking new ground by signing the first ever Japanese player in the uh, women's Super League. Mana. Iwabushi. Oh, thanks for stepping in to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love names. 
What do you know about her? Well, only would have looked up. She was the MVP in the 2018 Asia Cup, and she's the eighth highest scorer for Japan with 29 goals, so she's a forward. Right, moving on to uh, three points. Uh, What is the uh, FIFA Football Awards? Is this like some poor man's Ballon d'Or? Yeah, because they weren't having it this year, so this is the the only game in town as far as... uh, the top player in the world prize is. Right, uh, but uh, Bayern Munich's uh, Robert Lewandowski has won Men's Player of the Year, pipping last year's winner Messi and also Christian Ronaldo to the top prize. Makes a change. One of those two hasn't won it. Yeah. Uh, Lewandowski, I mean, he's a monster in terms of his scoring record. Last season, he scored 55 goals in 47 games, uh, which made a you know massive contribution to uh, Bayern Munich winning the treble. But I'm always disappointed with Lewandowski when he plays for Poland because uh, he never turns up in major tournaments. Sorry, I'm pissing on his parade here. Kind of hard, David, to be honest. (laughs) But he's had a crazy career because, uh, I mean, when he was a teenager, Legier Warsaw sold him when he was injured. I think he had a knee injury. Sold him for a £1,000 just to get him off the book when he was a teenager. And uh, to, uh, I can't pronounce it, but I think it's Nick... Prosko, excuse me, my pronunciation. Yeah, no if idea. There's any, if there's any Polish listeners out there, yeah, when he was a teenager, he, he so dumped from the you know one of the biggest clubs uh, in Poland, if not the biggest, and then he was on like two two hundred thirty pounds, the equivalent of a month. Probably thinking he was just uh, going to uh, have a middling, uh, you know, lower career but he's obviously uh put that to bed and uh probably this would probably be his peak season i think he's you know he's 32 now and after scoring 55 goals and picking up a treble well, he's been very consistent hasn't he for probably two three maybe four seasons now he's you know he's pro- pro- i would say he's probably the, the standout striker in world football at the moment I mean, messi and ronaldo are more creative players but he's just yeah. a genuine goal scorer isn't he and can do everything yeah, straight up goal scorer, and uh, that's what Villa need at the moment. <laughs> We've got the money. <laughs> Point number two. This is a bit of a jump uh, down, I would say. Well, Big <laughs> Sam is bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from FIFA's best to uh, Big Sam is back in town. It's almost like a cliche move, isn't it? You, it's you sack outrageously up. so. Yeah, the fact that it was it was probably already lined up before they even sacked Bilic. Yeah, he was sacked before he got that draw against Manchester City. You just knew it from his what he said. It was he, very diplomatic in the post-match press conference uh, after they got that one-all draw. But it's one of those where you've got a promising manager. This isn't the, the first time this has happened. A, a promising manager. I mean, Billage is a, a good manager. He, he got them promoted. And it's one of these situations where manager gets you promoted and you know they're trying to find their feet in, in the division. And then they bring in a dinosaur again. And it's short-termism. I mean... I mean, it's like, you know, Bruce at Newcastle, pretty much most Newcastle fans are waiting for him to go before they can start believing in, in Newcastle as a club again. But here, I mean, uh, Newcastle at least established uh, under Bruce as well. But Baggies, it's it's that, oh, well, uh, Allardyce never gets relegated. Allardyce gets the job done with his players. Yeah. So he's going to have to do, they're going to have to back him in January. And this is what the Albion fans, from what I've, this is only from what I, I see online, but the general view is they've sacked Billich, but actually they should have backed him. They should have given him some money and said, go and improve your team. Because you look at the business that Albion did in the summer, and they only kind of stumbled over the line in the championship in the end anyway. And they haven't improved, really. And you didn't look down their team 
and think, wow, there's some good players there. Certainly the team that Villa beat in the playoffs a couple of years before in terms of attacking talent, you know, when you had Jay Rodriguez, Dwight Gale, Dwight Gale. They, they'd had Harvey Barnes earlier in the year on loan from Leicester. They had a bit of attacking sort of punch in the team. You just look at Albion at the moment, you think, well, where are the goals going to come from? Unless they go out and buy yeah. someone, they're not just going to magically turn Callum Robinson or whoever into a 20 goals a season Premier League striker or even like a 10, 15 goals a season striker. If Billich was squandering like riches, then you think, well, okay, if you, you know, it's the modern day game after all. But here it's like, you know, I, I would back Billich to have, you know, have a stab at keeping them up in terms of uh, he knows the players. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you backed him at least uh, a little bit in January, he might have a chance because he's uh, bedded in there and he yeah. got them up. He knows the, the direction. But Allardyce, he's been, I don't know if he plays golf, but he's been away for the longest time out of the game that he's ever been. Yeah, he says I'm hungrier than ever, and I've never had such a long break. I've That's never cliche, been though, isn't it? so refreshed and eager to take more money. <laughs> I missed it so much. The break went on so long. That's because nobody was interested in him. No. I had lots of pent up energy, and I need to expend it. I mean, I I, I kind of like characters, but I I've also get bored of certain cliched characters. I get bored of the the kind of the merry go round of you know your Pardews, your Allardyces, your Bruces. You just think the game's changed, or may or maybe it hasn't. <laughs> These guys are making great money feeding off desperate. Yeah, fearful desperate, desperate, desperate owners they're, bu- they're bound to have a whatsapp group aren't they M- yeah. managerial merry-go-round whatsapp group go, yeah. oh, lad, you want to see the contract I've just got from the baggies lads yeah. get, you, you yeah. were too slow on that get one get on this next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm only going to be there a season number three yet another vote to try to get uh, five subs again in the Premier League they're actually actually the Premier League's the only top flight uh, European League without the five sub rule and uh, even the championship and lower leagues have it uh, uh, to any motion to get through, 14 shareholder votes need to be cast for it to enter Premier League law. The likes of Aston Villa, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Leicester, Leeds, Newcastle, Sheffield United, West Ham and Wolves voted to stick with a maximum of three. The league did, however, agree to extend the number of listed subs from seven per team to nine. Ooh, we'll be stretched a bit thinner on match days. At least some people will get their uh, longing wishes, won't they? Play the kids! So... Dean Smith will be happy with that because Villa voted against it. Wait until we uh, wait a few seasons to bring that rule in when when we've actually built a massive squad of when, we, super when we've players. got Habib Bay and Marlon Harewood and Steve Sidwell <laughs> back in the squad. <laughs> that will be the time for five subs. Right before we move on to the Burnley game, I just want to say a massive thanks to the My Old Man Said patrons for uh, supporting us throughout the year. Thank you very much to uh, Simon Laws for uh, signing up uh, on an annual uh, subscription. If you uh, join us annually, you get uh, two months off free, which is around 15%. Thank you also to Steve Parker, Andrew Dryhurst and Paul Lee for joining us as well as Mom's patrons. As a Mom's patron, you get access to Match Club, our little uh, gathering on uh, match days while we are behind closed doors. And also you get extra podcasts, but the extra podcasts are are being upgraded and there's going to be actually a second channel exclusive to My Omansa patrons with all kinds of uh, crazy and experimental stuff, but also uh, like a weekly show. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. But if you want to uh, sign up as a patron, please go to myomansaid.com, click on the patron link and get more details there thank you very much
Burnley game. We need a win at home. We're rubbish at home. What's going on? We're amazing away. Woeful, mate. Champions League team away from home. Bottom three team at Villa Park for some reason. No crowd. It's all the same. What's going on? I mean, we, we are the cliche Jekyll and Hyde team, aren't we, at the moment? Yeah, it was quite funny listening to uh, Sean Dyche before the game in the pre-match where he said, oh, you know, they've lost four out of the last six, but they're still a decent team. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, I suppose you could look at us like that. Because the thing is, Villa fans, we're not looking at, at it like that, as desperate as that at this stage, because we win big games, like the Arsenal game. That was the game that, uh, one of only of our last five games that we didn't lose. And then winning that Wolves game, and you think, oh, that's the, the shaky results, at least, taken care of. But here we are, similar in terms of the West Ham and Brighton, where we're just not taking our chances. And uh, we get results that are deserved of not taking our chances here. I mean, 27 shots. I mean, it's bizarre. You think yeah. one of them surely got just law of averages and all that. It's just, um, I mean, I, I suppose you counter that to the smash and grab at the Molyneux where maybe we didn't deserve to go there and win. And if you'd have reversed it and said, actually, Villa put three or four past Burnley, but they only got a draw at Wolves, we'd probably be a bit less frustrated, wouldn't we? So Yeah. I mean, there's the quality of shots. I think, you know, we had seven on target and I th- there's, I would say, three, four. Big ones. I mean, we'll talk about them um, individually, but uh, yeah, big, big ones. And like Trezeguet, I mean, Trezeguet's record of this season was broken. He had seven shots against Brighton. Al Ghazi had eight against Burnley. And worked worked himself into some great positions as well. Yeah, he looked looked really up for it. Everything sort of outside of the penalty area. (laughs) He thought really commendable. It looked like he was really up for it. And, you know, he really wanted to take his chance. And you've got to pat the guy on the back for that. But in terms of the, the, the final end product just wasn't quite there. He just looked like he hadn't played for well hasn't really been kicking a ball this season has he for us no and it just it just seemed to seep through the team with uh, the chances that we're getting they're just it's decision making it's either they're trying they're trying to make too sure of every chance they get or else they're snatching at it too early yeah i'd agree with that yeah i think i mean like for example uh, el ghazi i mean the fr- the free kick i thought was uh the the kind of hollywood football moments of the game great save from pope brilliant save but yeah. great free kick as well well, it's the it was, cliche, great football all round. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was out, it was about, was it 30 yarder, would you say? I would have, th- I would have thought so, yeah, it was a really yeah. good effort. I mean, Because he- when he runs up, you're thinking, this is going Rose Z, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing to worry. History suggests that, we just remember, was it the Man United <laughs> game, was it last year? Oh, no, sorry, it was the Chelsea game, wasn't it? After the restart, where you thought, everyone's gone forward, gone in the box, and he tried to have a shot. But yeah, they, then it kind of dipped at the end, and uh, it was one of those where you think, oh, it's in. And, you know, that's testament to what a good save it was. I'm talking about the, the better chances here, and then and then El Ghazi in the second half when he cuts in and he and he almost like cuts a diagonal line through about four players, and he finds himself into some space. And I had the the distinct feeling he could have taken another touch or two, or if not, driven into the box. Yeah, he definitely could have because if he'd driven into the box, the Burnley defenders were getting back at him, and the, the way they tackle, I mean, you're either going to get your shot off, you could get a penalty, it could deflect off one of them or nothing, just hammering it from where he did hit it from when he had time to go into the box it wasn't the percentage sort of play to make yeah it just screams a little bit of lack of confidence which is you know let's be fair to the guy understandable with his you know how how his season's gone so far yeah i mean you know smith called him uh the technician did he not in uh was it the post-match it was yeah that's, that's a bold statement and Grealish has proclaimed him the best finisher in training. Uh, was it last season? He was, yeah. But it means nothing unless, you know, these key moments. And I think he, he walks off the field disappointed he didn't score. Yes. Yeah. 
as will Courtney Hawes. There's another big another big chance that went begging. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a kind of a joke in Match Club about Courtney Hawes' heading. I mean, he, he can win headers 100%, very good at... Well, he's that's why he, uh, isn't in defence, mm-hmm. considering he hadn't, he hadn't barely played it all season as well, and you thought defensively, I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, when you saw the uh, lineup and there was a surprise admission of uh, Esri Konza because of illness, the fact that we were playing Burnley and, you know, big guys up front, they like to get get the ball into them. Aerial uh, assaults. You thought, actually, Hawes, he always tops the uh, the headers one stats after games. And you're just thinking, actually, this is a game, you know, where we if we had a, a bit of an emergency with old Konza not playing, this kind of is the game we get away with uh, Courtney Hawes coming in. And you didn't really have much problem defensively. No. But oh, sorry, our joke in Match Club is, is, is you know, his headers are like as if he had a 50 pence head because uh, he'll win balls when we have corners, but, you know, they're, they're going over wide when it's easier to score a lot of the time. And that was a case in point this time. Yeah. There's so many moments that sort of summed up the game. And you know, I think Jack had a chance right at the end. Do you think he's he's done the hard work? I think that might have been sort of the theme of the game that Villa did a lot of the hard work, and it was a you know it was a competitive game because Burnley made themselves hard to beat. But we did manage to get in and amongst them. We played through the lines a, n- a number of times, and we had you know we'd work chances. I, I know there was the there was a big chance, wasn't there, early in the second half of Traore where you think just bury it. It's on your left foot. You've earned the right to just put your laces through it or just pass it into the, you know, put it across the goalkeeper. You probably score if you hit the target from there. And he tries to work an opportunity. I think it was for El Ghazi, wasn't it? He tried to sort of pull it back. He thought, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, some of his decision-making is a bit odd. And, I mean, we were discussing this uh, in Match Club about he's so one-footed. And we're not talking about it's a player like that... It's Snodgrass a, on steroids. It's not, like, yeah, it's not like a player who has a weaker foot. So when he, you know, he shoots on his weaker foot, you're not really expecting much. He, he refuses to use the weaker foot, and that is not a great footballer. And, and you know, to spend be spending, you know, sixteen and seventeen million, it's uh, a big question mark at this stage. And you know, he's he's going to need time and games to see what we've full, f- fully bought. But it's not a good sign when the ball comes to you. The first incident was instead of hitting it with his right foot, he tried to uh, outside of his left foot at a ridiculous angle. That was, you know, the percentage shot was right foot. Next uh, opportunity, and this is probably the best opportunity, was he took a touch of his right foot to put it on his left foot. And by that time, he, you know, if he took it on his right first time, I think he scores. Taking that touch just, just closed down the opportunity. Yeah, he certainly has a much better chance, doesn't he? You just don't get that that time in the Premier League and that's what he's going to have to sort of, yeah. sort of realise well he needs to stay behind for two hours and practice on his weaker foot against the wall well <laughs> shooting the good old <laughs> yeah the good old days yeah yeah because uh, he, I mean it's too late to get to this stage in your career and uh, as you say it's a time thing you might be able to get away with it in the French League we'll, we'll see how that one pans yeah, out yeah you just have to be better yeah probably the most disappointed in him in terms of what we saw against Burnley yeah of, of the sort of relative fringe players because I thought the other guys that came in actually did quite a good job I thought Marvellous yeah. put himself about really well and was a, a solid number six if not as expansive as Louise I thought Elmo did you know what he does he's always a six or a seven um, I thought you know he gets involved he, he gives you that delivery from deep which I think was a is a good thing and a bad thing. I think you're almost trying to play Burnley at your own game by playing that way. Yeah. Um, I thought Hawes did well. So, 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 no, so no complaints from these guys. You know, Smith was, has, had said, you know, I, 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 I'm going I'm to have to use the squad over the festive season. Well, he's used it and they've put in a, a relatively good performance. They just didn't have that the final the final end product. Yeah, I think you, you, your Nakambas, your Hawes, they laid the foundations for Villa to win this game. They did. But we just didn't, we didn't take the opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. It's, just, it's not a big opportunity missed, but... 
Um, you know, Wolves was very much smash and grab and, and probably two points, well, very much two points gained when we probably didn't deserve it. So you balance it out. I think the West Brom positive result, you come out of the sort of seven day, eight day period going, actually, we've had a, we've had a pretty good stint there. Yeah. I mean, last season, uh, we threw away a 2-0 lead against Burnley. Well, last season at, you were yeah, Last season you were you'd, you'd be looking at a game like this with sort of five minutes to go and half expecting Burnley to get a corner and just fear the worst. Yeah, yeah, I was still still expecting that. It's just football and cliche. It was just setting itself up for that. So no, that's that's just you, Phil. That's just you. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I felt comfortable, but I felt like it was going to be nil nil. I'd seen enough with Traore and El Ghazi's misses. Yeah, and I'm not you know like Grealish when he was through. That is the That's kind of the difference. Chance. That is the difference between the top top players at the moment, and he's still got that gear or two to go up. Where you know your Ronaldo's and Messi's are, are rescuing games like that with ch- chances like that, and you know El Ghazi's was was pretty similar as well, kind of cutting in from the left. Yeah, it was a shame actually because I thought his performance probably deserved a goal tonight. I thought he had, yeah, he actually played re- he played really well. I think he, he kind of really he really tried to drive Villa tonight. I thought you saw at Wolves a very different performance where he was he was very conscious of having having to sort of double up on with his friend you know Matt Target with on a domo they knew they weren't going to have that sort of challenge tonight it was more yeah more about just driving them up the field which I thought he did he did really well didn't he yeah for him personally it would have been a great uh, way to get things moving in the you know yeah. the direction especially after the court hearing etc life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, Smith and the pundits on Amazon were talking about, I mean, we've most people have spoken about this, when he plays more centrally and Villa are, let's say, not, they're, they're still searching for uh, the, the goal to win the game. He does uh, get deeper and deeper and he's taken the ball off Ming's and it's is that to the detriment of the team because you want him obviously as far up the field as as possible obviously within reason but. it's not necessarily to the detriment of the team because i think it's it's potentially up to someone else to get into the right positions but it's it's just it's just not where he's effective yeah no that's what i, I meant i mean it, it, he was frustrated a couple of times where there was a bit of lack of movement ahead yeah. of him i think what I you think what you saw um, sorry phil i think what you saw was we saw at the extreme end on the positive side of things against someone like liverpool or arsenal when he's got 
Louise to play off or he's got McGinn to play off or Barkley especially, you've got your little triangles. You've Villa can play yeah. through a team. I think what you saw is we weren't necessarily going to be able to play through them in the same way. It was going to have to be, we're going to have to sort of force the issue a little bit more and sort of carry yeah. the ball, which he, he did really well. And he obviously you know, he, he picked up the foul on numerous occasions and he just didn't have the runners off him for some reason. And I think Watkins yeah. cut a sort of a frustrated figure. The, you know, the fact that we had, you know, 20 plus shots on, uh, you know, at goal, but Watkins actually probably only had one half decent chance is yeah. sort of testament to how it just didn't quite click in the final third. But, you know, it, there's been numerous occasions where it has, so they are allowed a bit of an off day. But it's, it's certainly a little bit of cause for concern with just on paper that, the, the, dare I say, the calibre of team we've been dropping points to at home in the last, well, five, yeah. six games, if you, you know, if you if you count someone like Stoke in the Cup. It, it kind of makes for relatively concerning list, you know, reading. But, of course, you, you take into context the overall season and everybody's home form has just gone down the drain, hasn't it? So, yeah. Phil, you was saying. Something. No, I was just going to make make the point about Watkins as well. I mean, there, there's something wrong with Villa's formation. That's it's not. I'm not saying that it's you know terminal or anything like that. There's just some tweak that's needed to make the bulk of the chances fall to Watkins rather than the people they're falling to. He's just he's maybe supporting too much or working too hard for the team rather than being in the right position to get the finish off or, or something like that. Like Son, for, sorry, Spurs, uh, is Son. He, let's I mean, I, I don't think Watkins is at that level at this moment, but he's, you know, he let's say he's uh, Villa's Son, but we haven't got a cane. So he's having to do everything on his own. He is the focal point, And so you just make sure you kind of pick him out. I think you need somebody else there. And I, but I, I just think Wesley might solve. I mean, as long as he you know hits the ground running reasonably fast, uh, might solve a, a lot of issues. And you know, Wesley's come into a team that's actually creating chances, which wasn't the team he played for uh, before he was injured. No, I think my my final point, if we you know if we're working through the game sort of chronologically, was that when you can see you're kind of banging against the door, but it's just not quite happening. That's when you think, go on, Smith, go and be pro, you know go and be uh, proactive. That's where you, you've got Keenan Davis. You know you can get a good twenty minutes out of him. Give him twenty yeah. minutes with Watkins up front. Give him give their back four something different to think about. Or give yeah. Watkins get him right next to him and get Jack playing off them. If you're going to play Jack in a sort of a more central roaming roaming role, get Davis right on Tarkowski and let Watkins run in behind. And then you've got the hold up play. You've got people to sort of feed the ball into. Was Watkins was having to do everything, and I think he does. A, he's a really willing runner, and his work rate's fantastic. But he's not always going to be effective every game. And and, and you sort of saw that he was kind of he found himself out on the wing a lot, and you think you just want him in the box because that's the kind of striker he is. It's a similar thing uh, to what happens to Grealish if he hasn't got the schemers with him, if he hasn't got your Barclays or you know, even Louise uh, yeah. that can operate on his on his uh, wavelength. He's he's almost like playing with one arm tied behind his back, figuratively speaking. I think that's, and that's the same with any you know. Watkins good, good is a bit similar. I mean, you slip in Barkley, and then suddenly Watkins is up another level. Grealish is a, a, up another level. Yeah. And Villa as a team are up another level. I'd agree with that. And yep. I think I'm hoping uh, my uh, theory is right, but I think Wesley will also start creating you know these triangles you're talking about and take us up another level as well. Yeah, he's one of these players that is dynamically fits in potentially. Yeah, you'd hope he'd be the fulcrum, wouldn't you? He'd yeah. be the, po- the point of the triangle, and the other ones yeah. come off him. It's simple in the end, but yeah, because yeah. Watkins is small and dynamic, and Wesley can kind of be strong and you know, sort of bully teams, which is what he wants to do. Um, and, he, and, then, yeah. and then he can both get in the box. It, it will be interesting once Wesley's back and up to speed if Smith tweaks the system or how he fits, you know, how he how he sees the a, you know, a full strength Villa squad, how he sees it all 
working in the second half of the season. Yeah, it brings unpredictability to Villa because at the moment you know what's going to happen because you know yeah. Watkins is the only striker we have, like you know, one that you take seriously anyway at this at this uh, moment in time. So it gives Smith a chance to be a bit more un- unpredictable yeah. and surprise teams. Yeah, uh, looking at uh, Mings, Mings, another little, just a little criticism on Mings is he sometimes uh, he gets that rush of blood in his head when he's further forward and he's thinking about doing the Hollywood centre back thing and uh, it's not the first time he's been dispossessed on the edge of the opponent's 18 yard box and it's led to a legitimate uh, counter attack. Uh, good work from Trori actually tracking yeah, back. Yeah, did he track uh, well though? And Martinez I mean, was so quick off his line as well. I think if he hadn't got it, Martinez would have. Yeah, I mean, if you go, uh, if anybody watched the Leeds-Newcastle game, uh, when they scored the fifth goal, that was in a, a counter-attack where it was about five against two, five Leeds players on uh, two Newcastle players. And it's just because Newcastle players, just they were beaten by them, but they were jogging back token gesturally. But it was good to see uh, Traore sprinting back and being decisive in his actions. Right, anything to, uh, in conclusion on this game? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just one of those days, you, you know, you, you take the positives from it and you, you move on to the next one. I think it's just frustrating because yet again, we've had another game at Villa Park that was winnable. We thought we could we could make a bit of a dent on the table. Right, that's enough on the Burnley game. Luckily, Villa do play games away from home and the Hawthorns brought Villa another three away points. Our away form is certainly uh, keeping us in the top half of the table. It was also our first win in a game immediately before Christmas in the past eight seasons, the last also being against the Baggies as well. I think I said in Match Club at the start, they've got to win this or else, uh, you know, if we're going to take this seriously, because there's one train of thought in terms of Villa saying, uh, oh, well, you know, as long as we finish higher than we did last season, you know, 15th, whatever. But uh, as I said, we didn't pay Ross Barkley's wages. We didn't break our record transfer on Ollie Watkins. We didn't extend and increase uh, Jack Grealish Mings' contracts just to be uh, faffing around in the bottom half of the the league table. I mean, when we've set the bar and you're beating your Arsenals, you're beating your Liverpools, and you've shown that you actually do have legitimate potential, this needs to be a time where you start to look at games and you think, right, we should be winning that. And this was one of them, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you just had to kind of... Ultimately, you know, when, you t- when you're playing a team in the bottom three, it's, it's get the job done first. But you wanted to see, especially after sort of the Burnley performance, you wanted to see Villa show a little bit of quality in front of goal. And to be fair, they did, didn't they? It was, um, you know, the, the fact that they scored so early and it was sort of the first opening of the game and it was really well constructed. And I think I think all of the goals were really well constructed. And let's be frank, 3-0 doesn't flatter Villa. No, mm. I mean, it could have been more at all. <laughs> Yeah, if the Watkins goal wasn't disallowed, I think that would have been real floodgate time. It just gave him enough time just to squeeze that score down a little bit. I think we did we did very well to get the third, I thought. Yeah, it was a really professional one. And I, th- I think um, we've seen it a few times this season. And I'd said sort of from the word go in this one that if Albion open up at any point, we'll batter them. And as soon as they opened up, I think they made the double change. Within about two or three minutes, we'd gone up the other end and scored the second you know, beautiful, beautifully taken goal by Traore. That, that you know, two 0 was always going to be enough. I think against the Albion. Yeah, I think you know, as soon as I saw the team sheet, and I mean, obviously we knew Louise was going to be there, barring some kind of freak injury. But it just 
it just made the, the team sheet look different from the game against Burnley. When you've got uh, Louise, I mean, certain to a certain extent, cash, but there was a moment where they did break away. Uh, we got sucked in a little bit, and uh, it was Douglas Louise that eventually uh, broke it up. I think it was Target got dispossessed on the edge of their uh, 18-yard box. Yeah, and then Douglas Louise... He, he, he did a Mings. <laughs> yeah, but then D- Douglas Louise, when he, when he got back, it was he managed to not give away a foul either. He just sort of contained um, the baggies player down in in that quarter of the pitch until everybody else got back. And then backed it out to begin to run onto, which yeah. uh, that was the difference why we weren't going to get beat by this Baggies team because, you know, if Baggies would have a chance, it'd be on the counter. Nakamba, still a bit, little bit shaky there. Well, not shaky, but more unpredictable. So uh, as soon as I saw Louise there, and then when we went, when they went down to 10 men and we were 1 0 up, I thought, yeah, this is, there's no way we, we're not going to win this. Well, Albion were going to have to chase at some point, and it's just, they just don't have it in them. Bless them, you know, it's, you think with Allardyce and it being the first game, you think, yeah, they might have a bit of spirit here or a little bit of bite or a little bit of just willingness. And we might, you know, maybe first 15, 20 minutes, Villa might have their backs to the walls a little bit. You might have to weather the storm, but we we started so well. And the fact that we got the early goal, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that when we've scored first in a game, we've gone on to win it, haven't we, this season? Yeah. Um, and Albion just never, they just didn't have anything, bless them. And you, and you look down the team sheet and you think there's nothing they're going to bring off the bench. They've got nothing. You know, we played a much better forward line in the championship when they had Dwight Gale, Rodriguez, you know, when they had Harvey Barnes, players like that. They were outlets. They've got yeah, nothing. But they definitely had bite there. I mean, you know, Charlie Austin, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't rate him. He's uh, he's like a poor poor man's zings, I think. I would say I mean, so, yeah. In fact, their best player, let's be frank, is Sam Johnson in goal, who did well to keep it down to three at times. Yeah, he made, I think, right at the end, he made a, made a great save, didn't he, from El Ghazi late on. And I think it was, maybe it was two saves from El Ghazi. Actually, there was only sort of palmed it away low down to his right as well. It was a great save. Yeah. there was. I mean, there was a few routine saves, but obviously there was, you know, there was a lot of them. El Ghazi, for the second game running, had eight shots. And I think six this time were on target. Obviously scored two of them. It's just direct. I mean, you, you can't fault the guy. I mean, him and Traore were, you know, our, our best players. I thought, I thought Jack was fantastic at times. Louise, I think they all had a good game. You know, Cash was brilliant from right back, but I think the two wide men were the outlet and they allowed yeah. Watkins to lead the line. And he was, he was so unlucky with the, you know, with the VAR goal again, but Traore yeah. was so deserving of his goal. Um, and as and, and yeah, slick finish, oh, it's a great move, and then just to pat, literally just pass it in the bottom corner. And Al Ghazi, you know, obviously, you know, took his penalty worked really well, and he probably deserved his goal as well. So, you know, job well done. Yeah, what Traore showed there was the first hints of you know why we did take a deep breath and pay that money despite uh, yeah the doubters. But it shows you he has a spectrum of talent, so it's really about uh, getting the consistency there and, and effectiveness and get him in, getting him live in games to uh, turn turn the tide in games yes. and be effective. Yeah, I mean, a, a finish like that, you can already say you're going to use the word like mercurial and things like that. I mean, yeah, anybody, can, anybody can do finishes, smash it in, but if we look at the goals he scored, whether the first one was a fluke or not, that's two goals from him that are just, they're both a touch of class. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. after, after the frustration of the Burnley game, just the moment when he just sort of side-footed that ball in, that, that was great. That was just, I can finally relax. Good. Well, Merry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering the last time we went to the Hawthorns and the game was probably one of the most tense games of football I've watched in a very long time. This one, you would never know it was a local derby. It was, there was such a lack of intensity. As, as a contest, I mean, Villa were just so dominant in every position on the field. It was it was almost 
it was almost too easy, wasn't it? It was laughably easy at times, yeah, especially like when they were down to 10 men. It's like back in the old days in the FA Cup when you actually used to field a full-strength team. It was like a routine win against a championship team. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've got trouble. Like, I mean, Big Sam, he, that was the only the second time he's ever lost his first game with a new club, and that was his eighth, eighth attempt at it. Um, but even he knows there, there's trouble. I mean, uh, after the match, he's talking about the, the red card and... But he also says, uh, he's talking about Grealish and he goes, Jack Grealish is an outstanding individual. One Aston Villa delighted to have. If we had Jack Grealish with all due respect to my players, we'd stay up. But he also says, I don't want to talk about VAR. I have enough problems with my own team. <laughs> I think he's right. I think that's a really fair stance of him, to be fair. I think he, he knows his team weren't in it tonight. Um, and he yeah. knows he's got a big job. Just, you, you know, I said earlier, you look down the, you just look down the team sheet that's coming up against you and you think, well, they're just not going to hurt us. They, they, they're going to have to play out of their skins to, to beat most teams. The fact that yeah. the, t- the one game they've won is against Sheffield United and Sheffield United are rancid. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, as I said at the start, we, sh- you know, we shouldn't be getting beat by West Brom here. Yeah. If we want to have any, uh, any hope here. We've actually increased our shots per game average. We are the Premier League leaders in terms of shots per game. 16.2 average, which uh, eclipses second place Manchester City on 15.8 and Liverpool on 15.5. The uh, the mighty leads, as everybody likes to rave about. Who got, got dismantled Old Trafford? Yeah, so we're you know we we are creating more shots than uh, leads. Yet they're you know they get the headlines still. Manchester United come up in fifth place in in terms of that tally. But I mean, our I mean, this isn't just another example of that r- real real weird equation that we have this scintillating away form. It's uh, at the moment we've played one less game than Leicester, but we are the third. We've got the third best away from Manchester United the only ones that are 100% and then Leicester uh, 1-6 lost one with 1-5 lost one same goal difference plus 10 which is if if somebody tells you after how many games now we're over a quarter of a way aren't we we're getting up to nearer a third that your home your away record is 1-5 lost one you're thinking well where are we in the top four yeah, but it's the home record I mean we're 14th in terms of uh, home form at the moment 1-2 Drawn one, lost three, and this is something. I mean, it's, I think we were d- discussing it before about maybe uh, when we play the, uh, let's say the uh, the better teams in the league, that they'll come at us a bit more, so it will mirror a little bit more what we've how we've been playing away. So uh, better results at home may come. We, we just whenever we're playing one of the lesser teams, you, we just need to get the the first goal. Yeah. Once once we get that goal, the game's in our terms, not in, on the other team's terms, and you can see it clearly every time we've scored first. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. As soon as anybody we've seen this season, even bloody Liverpool, as soon as anybody has to chase us, it just plays into Villa's hands. I mean, the good thing about the, if you look at the last three games, three clean sheets. I mean, that's uh, that's huge. It's kind of huge, and in, in terms of away form, I mean, that's the fifth uh, out of six games. I mean, that is. That is the foundations for doing something serious. That's title winning form, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, we're not saying we're going to do that, but... Uh, it also, I mean, in, t- in terms of something, say, for example, like the FA Cup, it means in a one-off game, you know you can shut a team down. Yeah. It means you're always going to have a chance in a one-off game. I was thinking more of Champions League final. Oh, <laughs> We can just we could we can just soak up Bayern Munich for the whole game and then uh, grab a goal. Exactly. Although Watkins will be offside first. So say, in, 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 if we'd have had VAR back then, I bet Peter With would have been like offside by his toenail or something. His shins offside. <laughs> Even though we restrict teams and I get a clean sheet, we need to score two goals to win because one's always going to be chalked off. Yeah, and they did really well to keep their heads after that because it was 
it was so marginal that he even knew it in the pitch. I mean, Watkins has Watkins has waited a while to celebrate and enjoy. He sort of gave it a, a minute nearly, and then went right. I can celebrate now, and still no yeah. ruled off for nothing again. Yeah, I feel really sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, I've I've looked at the stills of this one, and I, I can't even tell if it's offside. It's it's ridiculous, and it was done quicker than the previous one. Yeah, luckily this one hasn't cost us. Yeah, I think it's it's the arms that were playing each other on. I mean, if it's if it was done on the front foot, then I think he's offside uh, on the still that I think you're referring to. But in terms of uh, the arms, you know, he's he's onside, and and that's what they've been using. Yeah, I don't really really know. I mean, I think they're going to have to start um, pulling the sleeves down a bit in their tops. Hmm. No, exactly. Right, have we got any other closing uh, remarks? We've got a Christmas special coming up, so in terms of uh, looking back on the season and how well we're doing, uh, that will all all be in there. Right, so we're going to get out of here. After the the Christmas special comes out, we will then do a podcast, uh, not after the uh, the Boxing Day uh, game, but the, after that. It's Chelsea, we do a little reaction or something after that. Yeah. Back in full flow in 2021 after Man U. Which I believe is that New Year's Day night now. Hmm. I'm looking forward to that. It'd be a good game that will at Man U. That's to, to use a phrase that David uses a lot. That is a genuine litmus test because they look yeah. like they're just going through the gears a little bit at the moment. Man U. Oh, they're so bad at the back though. They've definitely been good away. I mean, they could, yeah. you can't argue with six out of six. But anyway, we'll cross that bridge when mm-hmm. we get to it. Right, so let's uh, get off uh, as Christmas approaches. I, I've got so much editing to do and maybe some wrapping of uh, Christmas presents as well. Please do subscribe on Spotify, Apple, whatever podcast app you uh, listen to because uh, I don't know when uh, the next shows are coming out, the special show, etc. So uh, it's best to subscribe to something so you get notifications so you'll know when it arrives right in the meantime a very merry christmas to everybody out there who's been listening uh, from the start when we started this podcast and over the last year and especially through uh, the lockdown period i hope you have a uh, a decent christmas uh, where you can and until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye and a very merry christmas goodbye feliz navidad Yeah, uh, to be honest, when I played back the Burnley one, I for the first twenty minutes, I I sound stoned, <laughs> like like really like uh, it's like oh shit, do I change the pitch? Yeah, welcome to the Biomancer podcast. That that match just def- my wife said that was like being waterboarded watching that match. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.